This is the Ezra Podcast. And we're, this is an MMA edition. We're talking about UFC 273, Volkanovski versus the Korean Zombie. That was the main event. We can start there, right? But there, there were some important fights in here. Um, it's funny because it was a, you know, it was a busy night for boxing uh, with three important main events. And, you know, that's just a different culture, right? And just shows like where how the sports are completely different as one promotion runs all of MMA. That's UFC. And the three important fights are all on the same card. Whereas in boxing, you have multiple promotions. Um, so you have three main events, all on three different uh, cards with uh, pretty decent cards underneath those main events. So it's just, that's that's the interesting thing I was just thinking about when I was watching the fights. Is like, UFC is just going to give me all the information I need, right? I'm going to watch this. It's going to give me everything I need. And it's similar to uh, just, just any really successful like tech business now, right? Like Google, right? If you're going to search on the internet, you're going to go through Google because Google's going to have everything you need. So this, this shows the why the success of the UFC is because it's all going, you go to the UFC. If you're going to find out who's the best guy in MMA, and it's pretty, you know, mostly 100% of the time, well, mostly 100% of the time. What am I, the guy from Anchorman? 95% of the time, it works all the time. But it, it's a safe bet that it's whoever the champ is, right? If you want to know the best welterweight, it's probably whoever the UFC champ is. If you want to know the best light heavyweight, it's probably the champ of the UFC, right? So that it's it's interesting, you know, you have to go to UFC really to for the story of MMA, you go to the UFC. And this, if we're gonna break down the fights, let's start for the main event and work our way down, because I think we're working our way down to the real main event. But let's start with Alexander Volkanovski versus Chang Sung Jung, the Korean Zombie. In a matchup, I told you it was a mismatch. I told you that uh, it's gonna be a long night at the office for uh, Chang Sung Jung, and I was right. The Korean Zombie didn't have anything. Uh, Coming forward, he couldn't get create any offense, and you know he's a reactionary guy. And it, to me, at this point of his career, is you know definitely past his prime, and definitely um, not gonna wasn't gonna bring any new tricks to the, to the table, right? Wasn't gonna be able to come forward all of a sudden and be a really effective offense. Wasn't gonna have uh, more balance or leg movement or be able to keep up with Volkanovski just circling him. But Volkanovski. He's at a point where he can still add more to his game, and he is adding more to his game. And I thought his boxing was, you know, just really at another level. Again, just improving his game. And he, he just chopped up uh, uh, Korean Zombie with his boxing. And his jab, and circling, and then this countering. And it was just, uh, it was a brutal beatdown. And just looking at total strikes, right? Like 152 to 51. That's landed. And it, and Volkanovski was throwing at a good rate, like 228. Through four rounds, right, and the Korean Zombie throwing 128, and they were few and far between because he couldn't ever really get in in a place where he he could strike, right? He couldn't, you never even really chose the points where he did want to strike. Now it's not saying he didn't land; he landed here and there, but the fight, of course, he's gonna land here and there. But Volkanovski is really, to me, was just the masterclass performance, and this is what I expected. There wasn't really anything unexpected in this fight. The one thing that did kind of catch me off guard was uh, Volkanovski just using predominantly his boxing. And I think that I learned something, you know, from definitely when I'm going to look at uh, a few, uh, look at future fights and how to break them down and what to expect. You know, a lot of times if I can see, right, that Volkanovski is going to chop the legs and he has a really good chance of chopping the legs in this fight. That means that most likely the, the Korean Zombie could see it, his trainers could see it, everyone's seeing it. Then most most, most likely Volkanovski is going to bring something else to his game, a different element to his game, and maybe an element that 
which most people would say, oh, don't do that, or that's not the way he's going to go because that would give this guy more opportunity, but he knows that that guy's working on the movement and the leg kicks, right? He's looking at, he's thinking, like, he's going to kick the hell out of my leg. Of course he is. And then Volkanovski goes in there and starts boxing. So I'm going to take a mental note of that going forward on these fights. But Volkanovski wins. He's, to me, I think him and Usman are going to be competing for the pound for pound best fighter. By the end of the year, we're, it's going to be a very interesting debate on who the best fighter in the world is, pound for pound, in the um, in the UFC. But he's a great fighter, and I don't think anyone saw that he would be. I always thought he was a good fighter. I never saw him at this level. I don't think anyone did. Saw him at this level and how good he is. And I have I made a list, and I'm going to say it's a, it's a famous list now uh, for the best boxer in the UFC. Um Bokanowski is moving up those rankings quick. He's moving up those rankings very quick. And I, I, I might need to modify it. I might have to modify the best boxer in the UFC. Let's go to the co-main event. And the, the, num- the, the person I had ranked number one as the best boxer in the UFC, uh, uh, Peter Yan, he loses a split decision, controversial split decision, to Algerine Sterling. And I think that I think it was a good scorecard, honestly. I think that this is the right call. These are good scorecards here. Because the first round, which ends up being the most important round of the fight, uh Jan puts pressure. He stalks uh Sterling. He looks, you know, good technique, with everything he does, right? He he looks like he has a He's controlling the, the cage. He's pushing Sterling around. But he's not landing anything. And Sterling is more composed with his striking. In the first fight, he's kind of just letting all these things go, looking like he was just mashing buttons. If you're playing video games, it looks like someone controlling him was just mashing buttons. Uh, but that's not what he looked like in this fight. He actually looked like a better striker. In this, not better than Jan, but better than what he was. He definitely improved in that point. And he was picking his shots. But he was working. And Jan wasn't working. Now, was Sterling landing anything that effective? No, but he was still landing. And Jan isn't. And so were you supposed to just give him credit because in your mind that he's a better striker? So what he's doing must be better than what Sterling's doing? Because, no, it's, that's not the way it works. You work on who's landing. And that first round ends up deciding the whole fight. Now, Sterling was, uh, first of all, in the best shape of his life. In my opinion, because if you notice, you know, with with the guy that wants to take the fight to the ground, the guy that's looking for a takedown, is you notice the takedowns usually slow as you go later in the fight because it takes a lot of energy to get a takedown. And Sterling is just shooting takedowns left and right. He's shooting takedown uh, attempts left and right. He shot 22. That's insane. That's an insane number of takedown attempts. And he does get to Jan's back twice to secure two rounds. And in the first round, because he outworks Jan, right? And that's Jan's fault. What did I say that was going to happen in this fight? I said that Jan was going to start quick because he already had the experience of what uh, Sterling had to offer in the stand-up. But he didn't. He started off slow again. And I'm sure he didn't think that that, that would end up costing him. But in in a fight like this where you, um, you have to know when you're fighting a, a guy that wants to take the fight to the ground. that If he does is successful in that, there's a good chance he wins that round. So Sterling wins the first round. He said, okay, I give up that round. But you got to remember, that if he just gets you to the ground, he could win the fight. And that goes into 
another argument on are we scoring takedowns too highly, which I, of course, I, I, I believe so 100%. But if you're just going off of how we've been scoring the UFC, MMA, takedowns have always been this effective. So I, although I scored it for Algerian Sterling, I don't necessarily agree with that mindset of the uh, takedown where you're not doing any damage or you, you know, take someone's back, but you don't get a submission in, you don't land a lot of shots. And it's just kind of like a stalemate, but you're in a good position. I don't think you should be like you're dominating the round. I think a position is a position. Damage is damage. I really believe that. I believe that if, if that's the case, right, if you putting someone on the ground is showing that that's you're taking the fight where you want it, well, then isn't Peter Jan keeping the fight standing for however long he did? Doesn't that mean that he's taking the fight where he wants it? So then that's something that's where it gets tricky, right? That's where to me it doesn't get tricky. It's pretty obvious. Damage is damage. Well, how, what kind of damage are you doing? So with the scoring that we have today, Adrian Sterling wins this fight because that first round, Young gets outworked, and then the two of the two rounds, he secures a takedown and holds control of it for majority of the round. Now, Jan finishes strong, but it was too much, too late. It was too little, too late. I really like Jan. I think he's a world-class fighter. I would still favor him in a rematch against Sterling. And I think a lot of people will. But I don't think this was a robbery. I think Sterling is the champ. He deserves to be the champ. He won this fair and square. And I believe his conditioning is, uh, it was the key to it. And his size, he looked a lot bigger than Jan. Looked a lot stronger. And the little things that, when you watch the first one over again, that you saw Osborne Sterling was able to do, he got better. He improved. It tells me that his stand-up's still improving. He's still improving as a fighter. Jan's patience really hurt him in this fight. We'll see that they run this back again. I, I could see that. It's definitely got the storyline, especially if they're doing the Moreno uh, Figueredo fight. Why not run this back? And I would favor Jan. I'm going to say right now, I'll favor Jan in that fight. But Algerine Sterling deserved to win this fight. And uh, what a performance by him. But do we have to go and look at the scoring and how we're scoring the fight? I think so. I really do. Now let's go to the Gilbert Burns versus Kamzat Chimaev. And to me, the main event, and obviously, like what Dana was saying, this was the, getting all the attention on social media. Everyone was interested in this fight. And Chimaev, as soon as he hits the screen, it's just a giant pop for him. This guy's a superstar. And to me, superstars are not made. They're not. They're not made. I have yet to see a promotion make a superstar. Now, spotting talent, right, or putting them in the right spot to be a star, that, that's that's what a promotion does. They don't make superstars, though. Okay? They don't. And I don't think that anyone does. I don't think the WWE, I don't think the WWE makes superstars. I don't think, no sport makes superstars. They just have something, that it factor, something that gets people's uh, attention. Uh, I always say charismatic uh, fighting style. Chimaev is a superstar. And in the toughest fight, right, against the number two guy in the world, against Gilbert Burns, who gave Usman hell, right, who rocked Usman. He shows up. He gets a takedown. Now, it wasn't, it wasn't as effective on top. 
right, as he was against all the other guys. But you know, he's fighting the number two guy in the world, and he only has 11 fights. But it ends up in a stand-up fight. And this was the part where I said this would be where this fight would get really interesting, right? Is if Chimaev has to stay standing for a long duration because class uh, will reveal itself over time. And Gilbert Burns, in his mind, had to think, if I keep this fight standing, this is my best chance of winning this fight. And if you look at Chimaev, you have to think, if this fight stays standing, this is you know the worst-case scenario for him in this fight. But it stays standing, and he looks damn good, in my opinion. Now, of course, his takedowns help his striking. So it, a lot of the mistakes that he maybe he makes, the 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 takedown, um, the the fact that he can is so scary with his takedowns and so good with his takedowns, and the fact you have to think about it, it kind of levels it out a little bit. Now he has defensive flaws. There's no doubt about it. But the looseness that he is with his punches and his strikes and how he just works and his work rate and the technique of how he's using and the power in his hands, the fact that he looks like that with those takedowns, I mean, you're looking at a a great package that you can ask for as a fighter, right? This is a pressure fighter of all pressure fighters. This is a guy that has power in his hands. That doesn't take a lot behind them. Could throw at a high rate. And just works. While coming forward. And is always able to just double leg you. Now the part I, I was concerned about. Is that the takedown attempts stopped after the first round. Definitely after the gas tank. Uh, went down after that first round. And um, he took a dip. And is, uh, you know, is definitely more fatigued. He did not shoot for a takedown anymore. Just stood into a stand-up fight. So that is concerning going forward, right? Because does that mean that he, you know, he's kind of like, you know, similar thing of like what Connor was, right? Where he like blows his gas tank early. He doesn't have a, but you can't really say that because in the third round, he looked, he looked very good. Like he looked very fresh. He took good shots. He was working. So it just, he just didn't look takedowns anymore. And I don't know what the, what the reason for that was. Um, the only time he gets he gets one in the second after he gets rocked, he 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 falls into a takedown. But that was just kind of self defense mode at that point. Now Gilbert Burns showed me things that I didn't know Gilbert Burns had. He definitely uh, like his straight punching, right? His jab, the the right, the straight right. I, usually to me, Gilbert Burns is you know his good timing, good natural timing when he strikes and good placement. But he's kind of wild at times. He kind of everything's looping. He didn't. Not in this fight. Not in this fight. He was much more controlled. And he didn't just work when Chimaev will work. Like, you know, he took his time and he picked his spots. He fought an excellent fight as well. I think that the the division is obviously right now Chimaev, Gilbert Burns, Usman, who's on top, and Kobe Covington. Now, I'm hoping Chimaev gets Kobe Covington, but I also don't mind Kobe, Gilbert Burns versus Kobe Covington. That probably isn't the fight. Maybe Gilbert Burns versus Mosfido. Makes a lot of sense as well. Um, but Chim- but to me, and I'm hearing the criticism of Chimayev, right? Saying he got exposed, right? Like, how do you get exposed when he fought the number two guy in the world and he beat him? And he also beat him in the style that you would think would be the would favor, favor Gilbert Burns. He got exposed by doing that, right? It's funny that when we have these prospects and we move them up, 
And they're not blowing out guys like they were blowing out before because the guys they were blowing out before were there to get blown out, right? But you get facing guys that were actually contenders for the title, actually high-level guys, a lot of experience, way more experience than the guy that than the prospect coming up. And if he faces any pushback, right, any resistance, he's exposed. But to me, the fact that he faced resistance against a world-class level fighter and prevailed shows me the exact opposite. Chimaev is for real. And don't forget the styles make fights. And don't forget that Gilbert Burns might be the toughest matchup for him of the welterweights. Now, I'm not trying to put down Usman, right? I think Usman is very good. But I know Usman's stand-up gets a lot worse when he get, when his takedown is not um, a credible threat like it was against Kobe Covington, right? Like if, if, if Kobe Covington, once Kobe Covington stopped his takedown, it wasn't no longer uh, anywhere close to a guarantee that he could get it. His stand-up got extremely, extremely diminished and he got very wild. I think, I don't think, I don't think he's going to land a takedown on Chimaev. I really don't. So if he just goes in a stand-up fight with Chimaev and he gets wild like he does in the other fights, I think Chimaev will eventually break him down. I think Chimaev will destroy Kobe Covington. I really do. And I, 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 I admit that Kobe Covington, it's not just my negative feelings towards Kobe Covington. Kobe Covington is an excellent fighter. But if he can't land a takedown and he's just going to do that slow plotting, you know, uh, pressure stand-up fight with Chimaev, who I think is doing a way better version of what Kobe Covington wants to do. I think Chimaev wins that fight. I think that's an excellent fight. I think that's the next fight you make. I think you give Leon Edwards at Usman, and I think you give Chimaev to Kobe Covington. And who Chimaev, you know, should main event. This fight reminded me a lot of um, when Conor McGregor beat Mendes. And just finally, like, that breakthrough the ceiling where you're just like, this guy's an absolute superstar. There's no doubt anymore. Everybody in the world needs to take notice. That's, to me, what this fight felt like. Now he needs to be a main event. You got to really push him to that main event status, even if it's not a title fight. Gilbert Burns, to me, is still there in the running. I wouldn't mind seeing this that this fight again, honestly, like a rematch. I didn't hear a lot of people saying rematch, but I don't mind seeing this as a rematch again either. And these are two guys, to me, that... Can, I can easily see winning the title. And I didn't really think that again with Burns. I thought, even when I saw him when he was fighting Usman, I, I picked Usman to win that fight. But the trouble he gave Usman, but I, I still didn't, I was just, I didn't see what I saw in this fight. What I saw in this fight, I, I, I saw a guy that's still getting better, a guy that's getting smarter in the cage. And I'm really curious how they match him going forward. But the role for Chimaev to the title shot, I think he's one fight away. You know, I don't even mind if he got the shot next. But I think that it just makes sense, the Kobe Covington fight. It just makes too much sense. Mackenzie Dern had a good win against Tisha Torres. Um, Ian Gary, right, he wins a unanimous decision. Was not impressed with his performance. I'm not sure, you know, exactly... uh, what he did good in that fight, I couldn't name one thing. He moved around the cage. It didn't allow Darren Weeks to really get started. He was never working towards any offense. I'm not sure what his offense is. I know he like um, in the first fight he he got a. I know his first fight in the UFC he got a, a knockout. He did look a little bit defensively flawed. This one he looked like he was a lot more cautious. He moved around the ring, but I'm not sure like what was his go-to offense in that fight. What was he looking for? I, I didn't see it. 
Uh, Mike Mallett uh, beat Mickey Gall. He looked pretty good in that fight. Raquel Pinta versus Aspen Ladd beat uh, Raquel Pinta beat Aspen Ladd. Uh, you know that that fight was just it was kind of little whatever to me. Uh, Olenek beats uh, Vandera. Um, Olenek comes in sweats socks. You know, obviously older, looking to keep his body warm, but he goes in there and does what he does. Right, fights a fights like a bear, honestly, and he gets in there and then he throws that overhand right, looks for a submission, gets it, and keeps on his winning ways. It was a good night of fighting. I think um, Sterling and Jan was an interesting fight. Uh, Going to bring up a lot of debates while scoring, but obviously Gilbert Burns, Chimaev, the fight that stole the night. To me, the real main event. And a star is born. And to me, Gilbert Burns, who's already been there, and maybe I'm just late to the party with him. I, I just think that his capabilities of winning a title are still very realistic. I, don't, I hope people don't. You know, forget him just because he lost. I, in the UFC, that's not really something to worry about. But, I, like, to me, if he won his next fight, I think he'd just be right back in our number one contender uh, picture. Just because that's how good this fight was. And just because that's how good I think Chimaev is. I don't think the hype's gone with Chimaev. I don't think that he was overblown. I think he beat the number two number two guy with only 11 fights. That's what I think. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the Ezra Podcast.